Welcome to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. Learn how to move your awareness out of your mind and into your heart so you can embody your divinity, experience joyous peace of mind, and create your most vibrant life by opening to receive your soul's sacred medicine. Hello, beautiful soul. Hello, strong heart. Hey, brilliant listener. Welcome back. It is so wonderful that you are here for more out of your mind and into your heart awareness at Soul Health Mentor Podcast. The last episode I recorded for you, I was talking about the importance of unplugging as I was reflecting my relationship with the internet, with my devices, and social media. And I wanted to give you a little update on how that's going for me. So it's been about almost two weeks. And what I really, really love is that I'm not unplugging like a hermit from the world and you don't hear from me anymore, but unplugging for me meant that I delete my Facebook app from my devices. Facebook is my primary social media account. That's the one I love to hang out most. I do have an Instagram account, but I just end up hanging out on Facebook. So I was noticing that I was being like kind of obsessive about posting, sharing news around Soul Health Mentor Podcast and the work I do one-on-one or my membership program or me enjoying our new home here in Ottawa, Canada. And while I love sharing happy day moments like that, I was kind of noticing how I was obsessing with checking my Facebook all day long obsessively. It was addictive and you might have heard that the physical, how can I say this, the physical chemistry that happens in your body as you're using social media is you're flooding your body with dopamine and the dopamine hits are actually created artificially. So there's ways to create dopamine naturally in the natural world, in the real world, not via technology. And that's what I was reflecting. And I went ahead and deleted those Facebook apps. And I'm happy to report that I really feel that I'm now checking my social media and going online and using my devices in a healthy way and I'm not addicted anymore. So checking my social media on my desktop feels more like checking my email. And since I view Facebook more as a modern way to have a whole bunch of pen pals, that's that's just perfect. I'm checking my email. And I wanted to let you know that. And in the last episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, that was episode 87. I talk about that journey. I'm giving you an update here today. And I did promise that I was going to talk about physical health and happiness in the context of no drama and no addiction. Because if you think about those fake artificial dopamine hits, they create a fake kind of happiness and it's literally happening in your body. So there's no denying it. But that type of physical happiness is not real. It's artificial. And it actually starts taking a toll on your physical health because I really do believe that scrolling is the new TV and in the worst case scenario you're binge watching your favorite episode on Netflix while you're scrolling. How crazy is that that our brains 
have to be entertained by two things simultaneously. And we can't be present by just watching a movie and slowing down. That's what I noticed in myself. That's our modern society and our denatured way of being. It's really important to get back to the roots, back to our true nature. So I wanted to talk about the five ways to find physical health and happiness without addiction and without drama. And the five ways are the way of your body, the way of your mind, the way of your emotions, energy and motion, the way of your heart, and the way of your soul. So the very first way is probably the most talked about the way of your body. I was a corporate health coach and the thing that I talked about most was the way of the body, your nutrition, your exercise, finding a way to release stress, to release those stress hormones out of your body and exercise is actually a really good way to let go of that additional extra adrenaline that you don't really need. And When I tell people that I'm a health coach, they are, I kind of try to say (laughs) a holistic health coach, but not everybody knows what holistic means. And holistic really just means that you understand the interconnectedness of the big picture. You understand that there's all these parts that contribute to a big picture. And I'm talking about all those parts as I'm talking about your body, your mind, your emotions, your heart, and your soul. But of course, people don't necessarily know the scope of my work. So we just have a conversation about it. And as we're having a conversation about it, I'm often asked, so tell me more. Do you do you do nutrition? Do you, what do you do? And I just keep going back (laughs) to health and wellness living. I do health and wellness living in body, mind, heart, emotion, spirit, soul, all the levels. Health and wellness living really entailing all of you. So I don't need to spend too much time on the way of your body. All I want to say here is if what you are doing is not giving you pleasure, then it is not sustainable. You're not going to do it long term. If you are doing exercise you hate because someone told you it's the best kind of exercise, you're not going to do it long term. It's not sustainable for you. If your food, if your nutrition routine isn't fun for you and it doesn't feel nourishing from going to the grocery store to actually meal prepping to eating the meals, It is not sustainable. You're not going to continue. If you hate meditating because you're kind of, how can I say this best? It's hard for you to sit still. You need to be active. You, You meditate better while you're doing a yoga practice. But you're forcing yourself to sit down for 10 minutes. Then that is not going to be sustainable for you because it's not your way. So the most important thing in the way of your body is to find the thing that brings you joy, that gives you pleasure, that satisfies you, and that is fun. That is long-term, and that is sustainable, and long-term sustainability creates longevity. In the way of your mind, there is talk about your belief system, your mindset, and 
there's a way of powering through that I don't agree with because it goes, it, it's kind of the same path as doing exercise you don't enjoy. If you are powering through with your mind, you are using a very toxic way of being in your body. And unless you're a professional athlete, that is absolutely not necessary. Yes, professional athletes do this for a living and their mindset often has to be about powering through and breaking through to the next level, but they also have a whole bunch of physical therapists surrounding them, personal trainers, wellness programs for their muscles, massage, massage therapy, nutrition, supplementation. It's their job. So it's a completely different story, but if you take on that mindset of powering through and not really looking at the belief system that has you believe that you have to abandon yourself, you're not your best friend in that moment, you're, you're maybe are self-bullying in the way you are treating yourself. So the way of your mind is reflecting your belief system around what physical health and happiness take. If you have this belief system that it takes hours and hours in the gym and you have to diet and have, you have to deny yourself pleasure and joy and satisfaction, then that is not a very nourishing way or loving way or caring way to be with yourself. So here at Soul Health Mentor, we activate your self-love leadership. We activate your sacred self-care routines and your soul care. So that type of thinking is just not in alignment with being loving and nurturing and supportive of yourself. So I ask you to question the belief systems that you carry around physical health and happiness. And let's talk about what physical health and happiness is. Obviously, it's very subjective. Subjective means it's very personal. The objective statement would be, I am not depressed because that's the opposite of happy and my body is not sick. So that's a very objective perspective that we can agree on. If my body is not sick, it's healthy. Of course, there's so much more than that. It's, it's a very minimum way to look at it. If I'm not depressed, I'm happy. And of course, that's a very minimum way to look at it. But I just wanted to explain to you that there will be the subjective truth, which means physical health might mean to you that you can walk a flight of stairs without being out of breath, but you don't necessarily need to go to the gym or you don't necessarily need to be a certain size or look a certain way. Happiness to you could just mean cuddling your pet, cuddling with your kids, spending quality time with your loved ones. And you might say that money is not that important to you, and that's totally okay. I just want you to realize that physical health and happiness is also about fiscal health. And fiscal health to me is abundance and prosperity. Abundance to me means I have more than enough energy, I have more than enough time, I have more than enough resources 
to do the things I want to do in life. I have more than enough. Just like nature, when you have an apple tree, you have more than enough. You have so much that you actually have enough to give to your neighbors. That is the definition of abundance for me. And if I have an abundance of money, but don't have an abundance of time, then I actually don't have the prosperity equation and prosperity to mean to me means money plus happiness plus sustainability because let's get real money does purchase things in life and we do need money in this lifetime to survive it's just the way this world works and money enables me to do fun things i have this technology that is helping me record a podcast episode episode for you right now because of money. Money bought the devices, the technology that I need to record this for you and to actually broadcast it out into the world. So that is part of your physical health and happiness. But what does it mean to you? What do you believe about your body, your health, your happiness and money and abundance? That's the way of your mind. And when I talk about things not being addictive, it is very, very important to realize how your body can be physically addicted to certain actions, like the social media I was talking about. It also can be addicted to sugar, to junk food, to certain things that represent food sensitivities and food allergies is actually a really strange thing that the things that you are sensitive to and maybe even allergic are also things that you are addicted to before you realize your food sensitivity or your food allergy. So that's something to look at. Your mind can get addicted to drama. And here I need to talk about the drama triangle. This is a model. It's actually a dysfunctional model of society that was expressed and explored by a psychologies in the 60s. So if you Google drama triangle, you will see the creator of this model and you will see that it does show us a dysfunctional way of being in society. The triangle has three roles. There's the role of the victim, the hero, and the perpetrator. And as long as you identify with any of those roles, you are playing the game of the drama triangle and you might be addicted to drama without even realizing. Let's think about this. Why are soap operas so successful? Why are talk shows where people put themselves down and they trash talk other people. Why is that so popular? Because society at large is addicted to drama and society at large is acting out the dysfunctional aspect of being human, the drama triangle. But guess what, my friend? You are not a victim. You are not a hero. You're not here to rescue people. Everybody is responsible for themselves. And you are not a perpetrator. And you might think that you are in relationships where someone is a perpetrator, but then you make yourself the victim. And if you're trying to people please and rescue everybody, the moment you say no, 
in an attempt to set a healthy boundary, you actually become the perpetrator in the eye of the other, and can you see how we are enmeshed with drama? So the way of the mind and the way of the body is all about reflecting what physical health and happiness means to you and then also looking at the areas where there is addiction where there is drama the way of your emotions emotion energy and motion is all about your inner world now this isn't something that we are typically taught we are not taught sadly how to feel difficult negative emotion how many times have we heard as children, be a good girl, be a good boy, be quiet. You don't say that, that's not polite. But if we are expressing our feelings as a child, we're trying to learn to handle our inner world, our emotion, our energy and motion. And the more we are taught to oppress, suppress our emotions and our feelings, the more we become disconnected from the way of emotion. I'm going to share with you four basic negative emotions, which we are not taught to feel. The first negative emotion is, I feel angry. The second negative emotion, I feel sad. The third negative emotion, I feel scared. And the fourth negative emotion is one that is really hard to feel because it includes shame. It is, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that, and you might feel shameful, and you might have been shamed by adults in your childhood. So it's really, really important to allow yourself to feel angry in a safe space where you don't harm yourself or others. And I have recorded podcast episodes in the past about emotional brain training. And I actually wanted to let you know that there's probably four podcast episodes that would you would benefit from listening. In this context of creating physical health and happiness, but with sacred self-care practices and soul care practices. And these episodes are episode number nine, the four pillars of soul health. Episode number 10, a guided soul realignment power retrieval process, where I also talk to you about emotions and your emotional body and how to honor those emotions. Then episode number six, the three pillars of self-love leadership. And episode number seven, a guided heart sanctuary meditation. If you are able to give yourself that time to just come into your heart, out of your mind and into your heart to connect to what you truly feel, then you are starting the way of your emotions, the way of energy and motion. How do I feel? What do I need? Do I need support? And if you feel angry when you say, how do you feel? Then express that anger. Even if that is just talking out loud to yourself and swearing, it's okay. Maybe you journal, maybe you want to 
write down why you're feeling angry and what you'll notice if you've ever done the morning pages by the artist's way that that's a practice that was introduced by the book the artist's way and you start expressing expressing your anger you will notice that it will naturally pop to the next emotion it will naturally pop to sadness and when you allow yourself to express all of your sadness it will naturally pop to feeling scared and being afraid and when you naturally express what you're scared of what you're afraid of you will it's not a pop you will transition to this odd feeling of shame or guilt which is very icky to feel in your body and often we stuff it down with food because we don't want to feel it so that's actually emotional eating that's actually the addictive pattern of emotional eating is not being able to sit with yourself in a compassionate and loving way while you feel your emotions and sometimes you can't express the shame and sometimes you can't express the guilt because something happened in a relationship and saying that you feel guilty actually enrages you because you feel like that person wasn't fair in the interaction with you. So the best way to address it then is to just say in an ideal world I would have set better boundaries. In an ideal world I would have spoken up in that mouth in that moment. In an ideal world I wouldn't be surrounded by bullies. And then you pop to the positive emotion. When you allow yourself to express those four negative emotions, then you naturally pop to the happy, to the secure, to the proud, and to the grateful. So that is the way of your emotions. Allow your emotions to be energy in motion, and energy in motion from negative to positive. You can pop it. That is the gift that emotional brain training taught me. Emotional brain training by Laurel Mellon. There's a book called Wired for Joy by Laurel Mellon. I highly recommend you read that book to be introduced into this hmm, practice and this emotional intelligence really that you learn by the way of the body. No, the way of the emotion. But it is an emotional body. (laughs) It's literally the physical body we can touch and see and grasp, but we also have a mental body, an emotional body, and a spiritual body. And that's what I talk about in episode number nine, the four pillars of soul health. So let's get to the next way, the way of your heart. Now the heart is, ooh, the heart is your humanity and your divinity. It embodies both aspects of you. There's heartache and there can be pain and there can be sorrow and there can can be grief, but there can also be space for a higher vantage point view via your intuition, your higher self guidance, your divine guidance. So out of your mind and into your heart really means that you're coming to this sacred heart sanctuary. That space where you can celebrate your humanity and your divinity. Where you can celebrate your divinity in your humanity. And where you can explore 
explore both aspects of you. And I highly recommend you listen to episode number seven, the guided heart sanctuary meditation to familiarize yourself with the way of your heart. And obviously this podcast is dedicated to the way of your heart. It's the tagline, out of your mind and into your heart wisdom. Really practicing shifting your awareness into your heart, dropping from your head into your heart, shushing that monkey mind, your personality, your ego, your human self that has had a lot of stories running and lots of hurts and things you maybe can't get over. It's telling you things that aren't necessarily true. So here it's also about questioning what is true and what isn't. Are you addicted to things that actually aren't true? Are you hmm, engaging in relationship drama, but it's coming from that drama triangle, matters of the heart, that's relationships. And the first relationship is with yourself. So it's really a self-reflective practice within your heart space. The way of your heart is also where heart's wishes are born, where soul desires are born. Here in your heart space, soul communicates with you via whispers. And typically soul desires and heart's wishes are whispers you've had all of your life. And some of us easily and readily listen to those heart's wishes and soul desires and make them happen. And others of us, of the human species, ignore those heart's wishes and soul desires and might hear the same heart's wish and whisper for 50 years, for 60 years, for 70 years without ever taking action. I personally have lived my life wanting to manifest and self-actualize my heart's wishes and soul desires and that has to do with my parents. My parents planted that seed when I was 11. My dad very actively, he was a talker in the family. My mom more quietly. My mom gave me a book at 18, at age 18. And this book was called, called Mind Power by John Kehoe. And what this book is talking about is the power of visualization. And I was visualizing my heart's wishes and soul desires. Ah, and the way of your soul, that is a biggie. If you would like to explore this in a deeper way, in an expansive way, then I highly, highly recommend that you read The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. I read that book for the first time in the 90s, and I actually remember that my heart and my body were responding with, with such a heartfelt yes. I was like, yes, yes, yes. This feels so true. I love this. But I didn't understand all of it. I really didn't. And then I didn't read that book for a whole 20 years. 
I read that book again in 2017 and because of my own spiritual awareness and awakening work, my own evolution in consciousness, in seeing myself as a multidimensional being, not just the body, not just the mind, not just a heart, but all of it, body, mind, heart, spirit, soul. I read that book and everything made sense 20 years later and that's the power of embodiment. So I really do live by taking my own medicine and walking my own talk. Everything I share here with with you, I try and I experiment and I come here and tell you what I'm doing. That's why I've created the podcast episode where I was talking about unplugging. I get real with you because I'm human and I get enmeshed in addiction and drama as well. But my soul gives me the higher vantage point view. My soul, my higher self, lets me know about my divine potential and that I'm so much more and that there's nothing more wonderful than growing into my divine potential, being the human that I am. So one of my favorite quotes out of the book, The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov is, when a personality comes fully to serve the energy of its soul, that is authentic empowerment. And that is something that I did when my ego, my rational mind, my conditioned self was showing up ridiculously in the sense of fear. And I felt the greatest fear when I was about to publish my book. I was really, really stuck on the last three chapters of my book. Fear was showing up in such a major way. And it was my ego, it was my conditioned self that wanted to keep me safe and what it knows. But the soul is so much bigger than the ego. So I remember I had to tell my ego, hey, listen up, soul is boss. You are here to serve soul. I am not slave to you. So you can either move along and help me with this, or you you shush, you quiet down. And that's literally the kind of self-talk I would have with myself. And that happened just before I published my book. I had to really break through to write those last three chapters. I got myself some help. I got myself some help from a book coach. And it is okay to get help and support, of course. Just be aware of what's happening. What is your ego telling you? And if you do need support, In the area of your soul, I do offer soul realignment power retrieval processes. And I know that's a long word, but it's soul realignment because we don't even know anymore how to be aligned with soul because our ego has taken over so much. And this is really on a large scale. That's society at large. So soul realignment is a process in itself and as you align to your soul you actually are able to retrieve soul power. So I work with clients one-on-one and if you would like to find out more about that you can visit my website nadiakraus.com and there's a whole bunch of case studies there as well that you can check out and it's Akashic Records work. So for me the Akashic Records is really the practice, the gift, the metaphysical tool that helps me connect to my soul. And that has been like that 
since I was a teenager. That's when I remember consciously, and I talk about it in my book, The Magic of Transformation, Igniting and Manifesting Soul Desires. There's a chapter in there that's called the Book of Life, because the Akashic Records are often called the Book of Life, because all of the knowledge that you would ever want is in your Akashic Record. And I was able to access my own Akashic Record intuitively since a teenager. 14 is this very conscious memory I have, but it probably was earlier. And then in my 40s, I actually started realizing that I was doing that. And then I became a certified soul realignment practitioner so I can do this Akashic Record work with others in a responsible way, in a way that is in integrity with me. So that was another thing. I had so much fear about that. I had so much fear about doing that. And ego was showing up big time. It took me a while to get certified because there was such resistance from my ego. And the the resistance my ego was using, the fear, the story, I can't do this. I've been doing this intuitively. How am I supposed to do this intuitively with others? And my ego was telling me the story. But fact is that it's a gift that I brought into this world. It's a natural affinity. And I did get certified so that I can be responsible and in integrity when I work with others. So I overcame that fear. And those were really, oh yeah, in the podcast, another huge fear. Oh my goodness, when I was about to launch the podcast, this was May 2022, um, again, my ego was telling me all of these stories. And if I listened to ego, you would not be here today in the sense that you would not have the opportunity to listen to my podcast, you would not have the opportunity to read my book, and you would not have the opportunity to work with me one-on-one, doing Akashic Records work, getting a reading, doing a clearing, and experiencing a healing activation, because a soul realignment power retrieval process is a healing, it is an empowerment that really connects you to all of you to your body, to your mind, to your emotions, to your heart, and to your soul. Thank you so much for being here today. And I am looking forward to introducing you to a guest on the podcast in the next episode. And it is a really wonderful conversation we are having. So I'm going to introduce you to Sarah, Sarah Carpenter. She's a returning guest, sarahthelifecoach.com. And we are exploring our humanity in our divinity. So tune in for that. This podcast episode will drop on the 30th. Podcast episodes drop on the 10th, 20th, and 30th of the month. And the German bonus episodes drop a few days later. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are playing. 